Hi, I'm Ellen Newhouse, and welcome to Heart and Soul. Are you ready to live a soulfully inspired life? If you are ready to dive deep, get seriously honest with yourself, and learn to trust your deep wisdom, then this is the place for you. I'll be sharing unfiltered stories from my own life and those of many other courageous, creative entrepreneurs and transformational leaders who have dug deep inside themselves to heal, honor their amazing wisdom, and dare to take inspired action. No more sitting by the sidelines wishing for a more satisfying life. It's time for you to become the person you have always dreamed of being. Have a career and a life you love. Join us each week to be spiritually uplifted and inspired into action. And oh yes, I'll be giving you homework to get you moving closer to your dreams. Welcome back to the Heart and Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Ellen Newhouse, and today we have a beautiful, beautiful woman. Her name is Anna Margolina. She was born and raised in Moscow in the Soviet Union. Her parents were both scientists. Her mom held a PhD in chemistry, and her dad held a PhD in physics. So, of course, she was expected to follow in their footsteps. She graduated from the Russian State Medical University with a master's degree in medical biophysics and went on to get her PhD in biology. But in 2009, she discovered hypnosis. She was skeptical at first, but eventually tried a form of hypnosis called neurolinguistic programming. And since then, she has found her passion and has dedicated her life to studying the healing arts and to this day is a practitioner in hypnosis, NLP, and Taoist energy healing. Good afternoon, my friend. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. It's such an honor to be here. Oh, well, it is such a blessing for me and for all the listeners who are going to get acquainted with you today and to hear your journey of how you went from being this brilliant scientist to opening to what some people could consider this wacky pseudo-medicine. So how did that happen? And like, when did that happen? Well, like a lot of people who come to me, they come to me because they are desperate, because they tried everything. I said, Anna, I tried everything. I exhausted my option. And I wish, I wish that I knew... <laughs> To, to start with this, not to use it as a last option, because I too had to exhaust all my options. I had to come to the point when I just didn't know what else to do. Okay, but hang on. So you were this brilliant scientist, but yes. what was the problem that you had that made you search for something? My problem was that I had a speech impediment. I stuttered it. 
And I started it so badly, or should I say so well, <laughs> that even saying my name, mm. even saying my name, the simple thing that we learn from, from an early age, how to answer, hi, what's your name? And I could not do it. Oh my I would goodness. struggle. I would clench my fists. I would stomp my fists. My whole face would get blue from this effort. And I could not say my name. And of course, you know how people say, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Yeah, it must have been such a conundrum because here you obviously are brilliant. You're able to get a PhD, but you still have trouble saying your name. I mean, what went through your mind when you were thinking like, like what did go through your mind? I can do this brilliant work and yet I can't say my name. So what did you think? Well, I had a lot of practice doing it because I started at an early age and it became a part of me. So even though I struggled, but because I was doing it since an early age, I just would you know, push and push and push. I was very stubborn and I wanted to speak. But the problem is not everybody wanted to listen to me speak. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, my heart right now, it's like I just want to put my arms around little Anna and just hug her and tell her how amazing she is. So since I can't go back in time and do that, <laughs> how did you, although you, you and I know that I am doing that to your little girl, yeah. <laughs> but how did you finally say, okay, I'm tired of pushing did you just get exhausted and said, I'm tired of pushing, I need to find a real solution or what happened? Well, from an early age, I noticed something very interesting. I never started it when I talked to dogs. I love dogs. I love all animals. And I never started it when I was alone in the forest, talking to trees and birds and spiders I even loved spiders. I never started it. It was so easy to speak. And, but I never thought about connecting those two things that I can speak because from an early age, I kept being sent to doctors because it was free. And the Soviet Union, we did not have to pay for it. So I spent a huge chunk of my life. I even was sent to clinics in which I had to just stay full time, go to school, sleep there. And the whole day they would work on my speech and give me all kinds of medications. Uh, so I experienced it like full blow medical approach. <laughs> As a little child, I had those uh, pills that I had to take, those colorful pills. Oh, dear. <laughs> A lot of people, they start taking drugs when they go to college, right? Mm -hmm. right, right, right. Well, right, I stopped right. when I went to college. <laughs> 
you and I share that. (laughs) Because I started studying medicine. And they told us how all those drugs, which I intended for one problem, how they affect organs for which they are not intended, like liver and kidneys. And what was interesting that all my problems came back. Like the moment I stopped taking pills, I started falling apart. And especially when I came to America, because when I came to America, I had to stutter in English. Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. So I learned how to say my name with this kind of sexy breath. <laughs> Hi. My name oh my is goodness. Hannah. And people will say, oh, hi, Hannah. And I'll say, no, it's not Hannah, it's Hannah. And they said, yes. And I would say, well, it's Hannah, but with no H. Oh, my goodness. It was so embarrassing. But the oh. most embarrassing part when when my son was born. Mm. I was 41. Mm-hmm. You can imagine a proud young mom in the age of 41. Right. Having this tiny baby, my own baby, my oh. son. And I named him Michael mm-hmm. for one simple reason. M was easy to say. Oh, wow. So it's like, oh, no wow. Andrew, no Alexander, no Anthony, because I was afraid I would not be able to say it. But Michael, it's easy. It's Michael. Hmm. And within a few weeks, I started stuttering just as badly on oh. this M. So when oh. people would say, oh, what a cute baby. What's his name? I would say, um, well, um, well, uh, um, and oh, they would start yeah. looking at me with certain suspicion. Yeah, I can understand why. <laughs> Did you steal oh. this baby? <laughs> oh, you are such a mess. So, oh, so it was just so <laughs> excruciatingly embarrassing. Yes. And painful, that, I would imagine. Like painful. You can't even say your own son's name. Yeah. So wow. I decided go back to therapy. And I found a specialist. She was really nice. She was very knowledgeable. But I just could not believe it. I could not believe that she was still using the same techniques, the same tricks that I already tried. I already knew that it does not work for me. So I was so frustrated and she was frustrated. And she was like, Anna, you're so resistant. Like, Anna, I don't know what to do. She was a really kind woman. She, 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 you know how it feels when you throw all your tools into a client. And right. I just... Do not change. So she finally said, she said, you know what? I talked with a lady because I just wanted to find what am I missing? And I discovered there was one thing you can try. I like, what is it? I was like, oh, like, oh, okay, what is it? She said, you know what? Uh, what if you try to stutter on purpose? 
And I just like, what? <laughs> yeah, interesting. <laughs> what? Like all my life I tried not to. All my life, my whole purpose was to to organize my life. And you know, working with clients, how people learn to organize their life around their problem. And how exhausting that is. And how exhausting it is. How you have to plan Mm -hmm. where I'm going to feel this feeling and how I can avoid it. It takes so much time. It's so stressful. It drains your energy. I started feeling my body was breaking down. I just felt that I reached a point when I was even afraid that maybe I have some serious illness because I felt so low on energy, so mm-hmm. drained. Yeah. So when I first I said, no way, I will never do it. But then I thought, what do I have to lose? You see, we have to reach a point when we are desperate. And this is what I always ask clients who come to me. I ask, how desperate are you? Because you will have to do some work. I cannot (laughs) do it for you. You have to do it. You have to do something which is scary and uncomfortable, but you have to do it because you have to open this door. And when I did it, it was such an incredible feeling because for a little bit, just for a little bit, my speech just started flowing with ease. And I feel in control. So then stutter and fear came back. But this was the split moment when I realized that it was something I was doing inside my mind. Something connected this fear of speaking and difficulties with speech. So I had to investigate. And this set me on a path of becoming my own guinea pig. (laughs) (laughs) So you were your very first patient. I love it. So I started, I started just, I approach, and this I believe is the best approach because a lot of people, they just say, okay, I need to be fixed very, very fast. Do it now. I'm so exhausted, but our body and mind does not work like this. It's a living system and we have to go very gently into the system and work with it. So I had to, what I discovered when I started experiencing hypnosis, to me it was such a gentle way of exploring my consciousness. Because you see, I experienced it psychology and I know how it feels when another person with knowledge authority degrees interprets you when you share something deep and vulnerable and they say okay oh I can see you have this issue of this and this and this and you have this and this label And the fact that my therapist, hypnotherapist, did not try to do it at all. And he asked me a question, which 
none of the doctors ever asked. This question is, how do you want to feel? Okay, I'm going to stop right there and I'm going to repeat it because whatever issue you have, for those of you who are listening to the beautiful Anna, is I want you to ask yourself the question. You don't have to have a stuttering issue. Whatever your issue is, Anna, say that one more time. How do you want to feel? Yes. How do you want to feel? Mm, I love that. All right. What is the next step? So the question was mind-blowing because all my life people would tell me how I should feel. Oh, wow. (laughs) People would say, oh, you should be more confident. Mm -hmm. Or you Mm -hmm. should not be afraid. Mm -hmm. Or you should just do it. Yes, all the shoulds. All the shoulds. Yes. And for the first time, a person with a gentle voice asked, what about you? What do you want? And I didn't know. See, I I have no idea. I never thought about it. Mm -hmm. I never thought that I can choose. <laughs> right, right. And I think most people don't know really what they want. All they know is they don't want whatever's going on. Yes. You know, it's like, yes. <laughs> so I spent all my energy trying to fix not only stuttering, but I knew that I have many emotional issues. I knew I had a long list what I want to fix in myself. Mm-hmm. And I had this ideal Anna, Mm. who I need to be to please people. So people would be proud of me. So people would say, okay, finally, you can be liked. Finally, you're deserving of love. Finally, you can be welcomed in our arms. And finally, you are home. Mm. And Mm. asking this question, what do you want? And What I realized on this journey, it was never about speech. It was never about speech. It was about other feelings. It was about a feeling of not being important. Yes. Not mattering. I have found with most of my patients, and I'm curious what you have found with most of your patients, don't you think that that is at the bottom of so much dis-ease and imbalance. Yes. And what is important, people have to discover it. If you just tell them this, because this feeling is so deeply buried, Mm. it's like this locked door. You are not supposed to open it. But everything in my life, every action, every decision was determined by my belief that I am not important. I have to work for other people. I have to adjust for other people. I have to be a certain way for other people. Mm. It's exhausting. And it's exhausting. So no wonder my body was falling apart. Exactly. And... All of that pleasing for those of you who are listening, who may also be pleasers, people pleasers, it takes us away 
from the inner self, from the self that knows what I want, right? Yes, because what I discovered that I had qualities, mm. my own magic, which when I was a child were manifesting in a way which uh, caused uh, people to be upset with me. Hmm caused me to be punished. So I locked them away. Let's, for example, think about daydreaming. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Many, many people, many children are punished by it. Don't daydream. But if you think about what is it? What is this magic? It's your ability to use your imagination to create realities. It's your creativity. It's your ability to manifest. You have to have your imagination. You have to... Hypnosis is just daydreaming on purpose. So tell me more about that daydreaming on purpose. (laughs) So I believe that... Hypnosis is when a hypnotist uh, puts you into some uh, weird state and then controls you and then changes you. No, it does not work like this. Hypnosis, not the kind that is used on stage. This is different. But it also works the same way, it's just the application is different. So in order to... Start creating what you want. You have to imagine it first. If you think about everything around you, think about your room. Everything that you placed in your room, you first imagine it. You see an item in a store and it's like, oh, I wonder how it will look in my living room. No, no, I don't think so. So you you have to imagine it. Otherwise, you would just pile junk in your house. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's true. So now I'm curious. What about people who say, but Anna, I have been imagining myself being a millionaire for years. Or Anna, I haven't been imagining, oh, this is a good one, my soulmate for years, and here I am still single. So what am I doing wrong? What I discovered that if you think about our mind, the universe, the inner universe, everything that we ever experienced, every memory, all your ages, it's somewhere in you. It's somewhere. You as a true your soul. You breaking your first cup. You meeting your first dog. You meeting your first romantic (laughs) interest. So everything, everything can think about how big this space is. It's enormous. Every moment of your life is recorded. So how do your big unconscious finds what it needs? We have those breadcrumbs of feelings. Every feeling you feel, you felt before. And every feeling is linked to another feeling. 
And this feeling is linked to another feeling, and they are linked to your physiological reactions, to your voice, like I, I learned that this reaction of being very tense and blocking my speech was linked to some memories, to some very unpleasant memories as a child. And then it worked. I stayed alive. So when something works... Even if it's unpleasant, uncomfortable, your unconscious only cares of you staying alive and, <laughs> and being able to deal with everything you have to deal with. And a lot of people had to go through difficulties in their childhood. And a lot of people, just like I did, learned to block those difficulties out of their mind. It's kind of this basement with locked doors and you know you should not open it. And every time you open it by accident, it's like the darkness spilling on you and consuming you. You are out of control, you are falling apart. So people learn not to open this door. But this door is still influencing them. Whatever links, whatever connections, whatever you even may call them programs, patterns, patterns of choices. Like my pattern was to always put myself last. It was unconscious. It was also believing that I do not deserve. I do not deserve until I am perfect, until I am good. I do not deserve good things. I have to first become perfect. So all those patterns, they have to be uncovered from the inside. Nobody can do it for you. You have to open this door. You have to go into this basement and you have to sort it out. But you cannot do it on your own. Okay, so I'm going to stop right there because there's so much good stuff here. I don't want to miss it. So let's say whatever your issue or problem or challenges, let's say, whether it's stuttering or you have cancer or you are single and you want to be married whatever it is, or you are in debt and you want to be a millionaire, whatever it is. So you're basically saying that whatever the problem is, there are patterns and information in our subconscious mind that is directly affecting the outcome in our life. Is that is what you're saying? Yes. Yes. Okay. And you can the- call them codes. Codes. They are codes. Okay. Energy codes. Because ultimately everything is energy. We are programming energy, structured energy. That's what we are. And our thoughts also have structures. You have to learn to restructure it. There are many, many tools to do it. We are so lucky because now we are living in time when we have tools. Yes. So one of the simple structures, restructuring, let's say 
before somebody can get to you as a practitioner, are there some tools that you could offer people so that they could begin to see how to restructure their thoughts on their own? Is there something that you could offer them up? Yes, it's very important to learn to relax. It's very important. And I will tell you why. Why? Because we hold those unconscious blocks. They are like walls shielding all those areas. We may never even become aware that this is the problem because we don't feel this. This area is numb. It's numb. There is no feeling in this area at all. So when you learn, and this is one problem with people learn to meditate, and they cannot do it because they start relaxing and old feelings start seeping from those rooms. So the thing is to let them. We learn one very damaging idea that we should be able to control our feelings and we should be always positive. Yes. And this this is is impossible. Yes, this is exactly. (laughs) I agree with you 100%. Now, let me ask you something. So I imagine a lot of my listeners are probably like me, that we go, 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 and we don't easily relax. So for those of us who are like me, who can't easily relax, is there a simple, maybe a moving relaxation exercise or something that is a gentle next step from going at 100 miles an hour to relaxing? Yes. You start with a simple thing of noticing your eyes. Just notice your eyes. Notice your eyes and just notice them. And then smile into your eyes. Just oh, smile into your eyes. That's going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> you always make me cry, Anna. <laughs> Oh my goodness. We, our eyes are directly linked to our brain. They are the windows of our soul. (laughs) So the simple thing, you can do it anywhere, anytime. And the whole practice, and I teach the simple practice of the inner smile. We... uh, Learning how to let ourselves just be. Just for a moment. You don't have to sit and meditate for hours. Just smile into your eyes and just notice. You can even rub your hands together. Rub your hands together. Rub, rub, rub. Make them warm. Cover your eyes like peekaboo. (laughs) And look into the darkness. Just imagine the velvety darkness. And you smile into this darkness. 
and you wait until you start seeing a small dot of light. And then you take a deep breath and open your eyes and notice mm. what is different. Oh, it feels so good. And what I notice is that my eyes feel much more relaxed and the colors in the room that I'm looking at are sharper. They're more, yeah, they're, they're sharper. Yeah. But I feel more relaxed. <sighs> so what awesome changes that we can expect. I want to share with you a story if you want. Yes, <laughs> if you want of to course. Listen. Yes, yes, yes. So imagine me, a little girl, and I'm very excited because I'm going to go and start a new school. I am so excited and I love this school because it has such large trees and the building is old and it smells like this old building. Mm. And I love this school. I fall in love with this school immediately. And this is the last thing that I remember before the next part. Next part... I'm in a dormitory of this room because it's a boarding school. I'm in a dormitory and there is another girl sitting on top of me, my face pressed to the floor and I feel the tears, the puddle of tears and she's just visuals like pulling my hair and I'm terrified. And for the next Four years, this school changed me. This school installed this deep fear of people. And I started this school with just a little stutter, little cute stutter, and I ended it with this big, severe stuttering. So how can you change something like this? How can you? How can you change it? So... You lure, you teach people, and you you need a guide. I know I still have a guide. I'm still, because it's very difficult to do it on your own. There is a process to do it. So when I finally gained the strength and uh, you don't make people go instantly through this. You first go around and you help them with other issues, but there is this one thing, big thing, which is behind this locked door and they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to think about it. They don't want to feel it. They want it to be gone from their life. So what I learned is when I learned to go back to this moment of joy, to this moment when I was filled with joy. And then what you do, you add resources that as a girl I did not have. So one resource that I have, which is very strong for me, is love compassion and understanding that everybody has a journey, that whatever reaction they have, it's coming from their patterns, from their pain, from their experience. And when I 
re-experienced this time with those resources, I could see it was like this vision of patterns, energy patterns. We all were energies. And I could feel inside this girl this cluster of pain, that she was in so much pain and anger. She was this angry child, mistreated child, a child who did not know how to manage her own emotions. And that we too were like two true patterns entangled together. And it was not about me. It was never about me. It was not because something was wrong with me. It was not because I was weak or not intelligent or, or not deserving. It was just the flow of life. And when I understood it, when I, you cannot understand it only intellectually. You have to go energetically. It's a spiritual journey. What I believe now that when we heal, when we open this locked door, when we enter it, it's our spiritual journey. Because behind this door are powers. Until then, I never asked myself this question. How did I, how did I survive? What allowed me to, to spend four years in this school being bullied, uh, it was a horrible, horrible school. Just, just awful. And, and what, what, what were my powers? And I had discovered that right next to the school ground, and I was a child who was always misbehaving, <laughs> always sneaking out of the school grounds, <laughs> sneaking oh. past the teachers, I discovered a pack of stray dogs. They lived under an old building, and they had puppies. Oh. Puppies. <laughs> so I learned to build a relationship with those dogs. And this knowledge, this ability to build a link with another consciousness, even when we don't speak the same language, is my special power that I now use with my clients. Yes. Oh, but I it's... never would discover it if not if I did not open this door. Right. And it's such a beautiful power. I mean, it is a, an incredible incredible power. But before I talk about that power, I'm going to back up a little bit because you said so many things and I just want to encapsulate them so we don't lose them. So that behind every problem, once we open that door, the willingness to open that door, the blessing is that we find our power. Yes. So for those of you who are listening, understand that whatever challenge you have, whatever pain, whatever hurt you are dealing with, behind that is your special powers. The other thing that I heard is as you described the relationship with that little girl to yourself, what I heard was like, it was, it became very non-personal. It was like 
two energies merging, doing a dance. And it wasn't personal to Anna. And it really wasn't personal to that little girl. It was like two energies coming and dancing. And the dance happened to be a fight, but it was a dance, you know. (laughs) And that if we can look at it that way, then we can forgive both parties that participated in the dance. So if you have somebody in your life that you have done an angry dance with, I want you to consider that as Anna was describing her dance with this little girl and her understanding of the energy behind the little girl, there was a lot of pain. So whoever you happen to be in an energetic dance with, If you look at it that way, it becomes very non-personal and it may be easier to forgive that person and yourself for participating in this dance. Yes, Anna? This is absolutely true. I want to say something very important that I discovered it. When we have experiences when we engage in this dance and when it's very emotional, when it's very, when it involves our entire body, our body becomes like an imprint and it imprints both, both parts. The reason we find it so difficult to let go because those people become part of us. And one question I encourage people to start asking themselves where they play the other part because I discovered it. I had an issue of being very, very prone to anger. And I love to be considered to to present myself as a loving, caring person. Uh, And yet... From time to time, something dark, something powerful would emerge from inside of me, and I would start screaming at my own children. And I always would be very ashamed after this. But, and I would promise myself I will never do it again. I will right. never ever do it yeah. again. Yeah. And yet I would do it again. Exactly. Because it's a yeah. pattern. Exactly. A pattern. A pattern is a pattern. It's going to pattern. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It's going to come. Women keep dating the same guy in different bodies. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) They all look different, but in the end, they look different, but then it evolves. Yes. The same person, the same pattern until you change it, until you recognize it. First, you have to recognize it. And to recognize it, you have to be neutral about it. You, when we judge, when we try to block it, it's not me. Well, it's you. <laughs> it's you, but it's not you. It's just a pattern. Because you are spirit. You are soul who came to this journey with a purpose, with a mission, with gifts, with spiritual gifts. And then you received this programming, but it's not you. So I had to really let go of this girl 
to stop. Now it's not even, I don't try to suppress my anger. It's just not there. It's just not there. It's gone. So beautiful. And I'm just going to go back because my mind is, is rolling on what you just said. It's like, you are a spirit. You are a soul who came to earth to have this experience. And I'm curious what you think, but I believe that the patterns that get encoded are part of our spiritual journey so that we can remember who we are and that we can come home to ourselves. And the journey begins with the coding of the pattern and then us having to un to look at the pattern and then to uncode it. And as we uncode it or, or come to know the pattern, that then we come to know ourselves. What do you think? Absolutely. You said it so well. You, 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 you just expressed <laughs> it perfectly. I often ask one question. When clients uh, come and they discover, finally, I don't tell them anything. They have to go. It's a journey. They have to open the door and they have to journey. So when they finally say, oh, my God, I cannot believe I I experienced this. And I ask them, imagine, just imagine, and you can do it too. Imagine you are born on this planet and you are born into a family which is just perfect. They nurture you from the very beginning. You actually born to two enlightened beings. They know everything. They know what you need. And from the moment you're born, they nurture you and you have no difficulties. What? And at first, the yes. first answer, they say, oh, I would love it. Yes. But then I ask them to really imagine it, to really grow, go. And this is why hypnosis is so wonderful, because it makes your imagination so vivid. You feel that you are really there. You experience it. It becomes real for you. So you imagine becoming a baby and growing. And then you look back. And my inside. Oh my God, I would be a scientist. I would be teaching in some, you know, university. And I would never, ever discover all those spiritual gifts that I had. Yes, yes, yes. It's true. It's true. I mean, I know for sure I would not <laughs> be who I am today without my parents being who they were. Absolutely. And everything that I went through has created me to become the Ellen that I am today. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It wasn't easy though, Anna, I will have to tell you. It's not been an easy journey. But well, the universe is not, it does not work. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I always say there is no royal road. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You, you, you are born yeah. and you deal with whatever life you have. Yes. And now as my awareness grows, it gets easier and easier. And what I've discovered is that it got so much easier once I understood that 
I will be healing for the rest of my life and on to the next and on to the next. So it took the pressure off of having to arrive immediately, having to fix this right this moment. So I am curious about something and I want to end with this. I think this would be a great place to end because you have a very, very special connection with the natural world. And I want you to tell me and to tell my listeners what the connection is between the natural world and healing these inner patterns is. So if you imagine breathing in and breathing out and think about that this air you breathe, the oxygen is made by trees. So the same molecules of oxygen that you breathe in, that become part of you, that you make to generate your energy, originated in tissue, in leaves of trees. And trees are connected to the earth. They have roots growing into the earth. And the earth has those little worms which, which move through, through the through the earth and <laughs> and the earth is warmed by the sun and watered by rain and we have water the same water that falls from the sky with rain and we drink water and we pee also we pee water out so we return water so when you start thinking about the truth, think about what is true, not a belief. You have to breathe. You have to breathe. Otherwise, you would die. And the same is true that you are living on this earth. And you are connected to everything. Through energy, through air, through water, through food you eat, through every word you speak, you send vibrations of energy. So what I was in the past, I was separated from my body. I was separated from parts of me which I believed were not me, even though they lived in my own body. So it's my connection to nature which allowed me to use the same skill, just like I learned to talk to dogs and understand them, recognize the energy reactions, the same way I had to use the same approach, the same kindness, the same love, the same gentleness that I used with dogs. So this was the key. Separation is an illusion. People learn to separate by skin color, by gender, by the way we dress, by our age. But really, in just a short time, we are on this planet in this physical form. But our spirit will return to the universe, to the source, with all the knowledge. And then 
another physical form will be born. So there is no separation. We are all one love. Oh, so beautiful. Anna, thank you so much for blessing me today and for blessing all of my listeners. It has been an absolute joy and I have learned so much today. So as you've said, people need guides and you are an amazing guide. How can people get a hold of you to study with you either one-on-one or in your inner smile meditation group or coming to your forest, which I need to come to soon. So (laughs) how can they get a hold of you? How can they find you? They can go to annamargolina.com. Very easy. First name, last name, dot com. Annamargolina.com. Awesome. And And from this, they can reach out to me. Yes. Awesome. And... For those of you who are listening, I will also put it in the show notes. And truly, if you are working through any issues, and I actually don't really ever do this, but I feel drawn to do it in this moment, Anna is an amazing guide. Don't hesitate to reach out to her. All right, my dears, for all of you who are listening, I will see you next week. And Anna... Once again, thank you, my dear. Thank you, Ellen. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me on the Heart and Soul podcast. It's such a joy for me to be with you. I know firsthand how much easier it is to rise when you have community to laugh with, shed a few tears with, and be inspired by. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, go subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any questions or comments, any topic ideas, or you might want to be a guest on my show, please contact me directly at ellennewhouse.com. And while you're there, grab the special resources I have created for you to begin to take inspired action in your own life. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next week.